Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota Metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Starry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you got an extra buck or two lying around and would like to be a patron of this podcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Starry Music Podcast. Also consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Gracie Allen. When I was born, I was so surprised I didn't talk for a year and a half. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Podcast episode 65. Huge thank you to Steve and Elizabeth, Macklemore Corey, and Red Dirt Country Dave for being the latest contributors to the podcast on Patreon.com. Greatly appreciate it, and thanks again to all the other folks supporting this podcast as well. Coming at you this week from my home in St. Paul, Minnesota, seems like the nasty cold stretch has let up a bit, so I think I'm going to head on up to visit my family in Wisconsin today and do some hiking and podcast listening in the woods with the Wonder Golden Copper. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Learned a pile of cover songs from the 90s to spice my setup. Didn't quite have them down, but played them anyway. First few were terrible. Seems like I can never figure out what key to play a song in until I screw it up live. Thursday, Brian Johnson and myself jammed out at Lucky's 13 in Burnsville, Minnesota. Great to see our dear friends and supporters, Clyde and Tammy, fresh back from their 11-week adventure in Key West. Friday, I played a solo show at Ingredients in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. Finally got my 90s songs straightened out, and they went much better. Also, debuted three new original songs. Going to play them live for a few weeks to work the kinks out, but excited to record them. Great to see longtime friends, fans of the podcast, and Minnesota live music fanatics, Scott and Maureen as well. Saturday, Brian K. Johnson and myself rocked out for Ice Fest at Commander Bar in Breezy Point, Minnesota. There was bachelorette parties there, Ice Fest fans there, and even classic WWE characters who showed up at the show. Between playing and DJing, I went from 5 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. rocking out with those folks. What a blast. Best line of the night was out of our friends Caitlin and Jake yelling out, We love you, Johnson. We tolerate you, Mark. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, January 11th. 2016, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. 
Thursday, January 12th. Brian Johnson and myself will be rocking out at Lucky's 13 in Plymouth, Minnesota from 5 to 7 p.m. Friday, January 13th, I'll be playing a solo show at Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Saturday, January 14th, Mr. Brian K. Johnson and myself will be rocking out at the brand new Lucky's 13 Roseville, Minnesota location from 9 to 12 a.m. Guest this week is part two of three with 92 KQRS morning show personality and therapy dog extraordinaire, Brittany Hagen. We discuss the legendary morning show host, Tom Bernard, a typical day being on the KQ morning show, the future of radio, etc. Enjoy the conversation. Brittany Hagen, thank you for being <laughs> here at the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, Not part two. Uh, we Sterry. were just talking about, she asked me a question I was going through and, and making sure the last episode worked and, uh, and the, the volumes were somewhat equal or whatever. And you were talking about what it's I, like to I, hear your I voice asked, on I the said, radio. Yeah, I asked him, I said, oh, said do, you, do you mind hearing yourself? And, and you said you don't mind hearing mm. yourself. You're so used to it. You know, I've been in radio since I was, well... 21, I think. Um, and to this day, oh, I cringe. Like, I can't, you know, and I, I thought it was a me thing. Like, you know how, like, I've always been kind of the girl that, like, I don't need a mirror everywhere. I'd rather, like, when I'm having a really confident day, like, I don't want to know my hair's out of place. Like, I don't need to see this picture you just took. Like, I kind of <laughs> like the person who's in my head better. Like, oh, yeah. in my mind, that interview, like, our last podcast went great. Like, I don't need to know any different because it doesn't affect me. It's done, you know? <laughs> so, but, um... I asked Tom Bernard that. I said, "Oh God, I you know I don't know if it gets better because he's been he's been at KQ for thirty years, been in radio forever." I said, "Tom, you know, like, do you, can you listen to yourself?" He goes, "No, I can't." So, isn't that funny? I mean, and that is yeah, he's one of the most recognizable voices probably in modern radio. I well, yeah, I mean, and especially the voiceover work he's done. I mean, sometimes I'll be walking in the house here and I'll hear like. And then there was, you know, like, especially when he used to have movie trailers left and right. Yeah. And then, there's another commercial. I can't remember its sponsorship, but it's like some local business. And it's like, don't forget to call. And then I'm like, whoa, is Tom in the house? Like, <laughs> like. I'm friends, or I live, my, my hometown's by Turtle Lake, Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. there's this local classic rock station called WGMO. Okay. And Tom does all the voice, voiceovers for their, to them, too. You can't and escape them. I know, and the radio guys <laughs> will come out to a show, and I'm like, how did you pay for Tom Bernard to do this stuff? Like, oh, we went to college together. He just does it for free. Oh, that's nice. And that big rumble, you know, WGMO, and it's like, it, this whole station is run on, like, a cell phone, you know? Oh, I know, I know. It's like, I mean, uh, we always laugh. I'm like, Tom, will you give me an intro? Britney, the traffic god. I'm like, dun, dun, dun. You know, like, he's got, he's got the best voice for that. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's funny because it's, you can tell, and we, you know, we can, t- KQ's always an enthralling topic because people really resonate, I feel like, with KQ because it's been around, their morning show has been around for 30 years. I remember listening to it on our way to school and with, we had four kids that were in high school driving there. It was the only thing we agreed on was the morning show, but I, I think that what's what's cool about Tom's voice is it, it's not forced, you no. know, not at all. And, and and you can hear some of these people that you'll talk to them like 
I, there's so many DJs, and I've, I've met so many different DJs where I'll be like talking to them, talk, oh, we're having a normal conversation. And they're like, one second, I got to go on air. Don't forget to do I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, uh, what are, like, what? What is your what is the, your end game? At some point, people are going to discover that this isn't your real voice. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> oh my god. But how do they do they like sound check you in the morning or like because no. his voice like there's certain like they must mix it right because he's got the big deep rumble. I mean, he's, I'm trying to figure out how they mix it. His voice is like I mean, he's got such a deep voice, but he definitely um, like his mic. Um, you know, he's got a nice mic. Every all the stuff there is pretty nice and. Since it's no secret, he, he sometimes he comes in the studio, sometimes he's doing it from home, um, sometimes he's doing it from Florida, and, and by no means has he ever acted like that was a secret. It's so funny because no. even when I used to work there, it would be the higher-ups that would have to be like, and we don't talk about him being there, and Tom would always be like, my listeners aren't idiots. Like, I, I'm not going to pretend like I'm at the studio. Like, that was always Tom's thought on it, you know? Um, and he's been in the business long enough that if 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 he wants a broadcast from home, I don't think anybody blames him. Like he does it well, but um, he's got nice equipment for sure. But for the most part, I mean, that's his voice. Like if we went over to Acme right now because they're doing their podcast, you know that, that that's his voice. It's just it's booming for sure. He does his podcast at Acme. Yeah, well, it's the building next to Acme. Oh, yeah, next it's, to Acme. It's the that building is crazy. It's got a lot of different stuff in it. But yeah. Um, they're just down the street here, so. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you about vo- voice stuff. So I was listening. Copper and I were listening to you driving in today. <laughs> Sorry. And No, it was great. <laughs> but see, when I do my intros and stuff for this podcast, yeah. I have no training in it whatsoever. Well, well you don't need but, it. But, but it's like, so like, hey, this is the Mark Stary Music Podcast. No. And so you were talking like, when you do traffic, goes, that's your traffic. Like, when do you oh, oh go God. up and when do you go down? It's not planned. That's for sure. If you it, think there's thought you went, put into it. Did you go, you went to Brown, right? I did go to Brown. What'd they teach you about speaking on uh, They radio? taught me so much. And as soon as I got to a station, they said, throw it all out the window and don't do any of that fake stuff. I keep not swearing. If it's, you can swear, yeah. Okay, I forget, yeah. They don't, yeah, and so they said, you know, you don't have to do, don't do any fake stuff, don't put anything on your voice, and I was really lucky. There was a guy, uh, Reed, who was at the station at the time, who would do a lot of sound checks, who would be, who, who told me before I went on air, before I even turned the mic on, talk to myself. So I'd be like saying, I'm Brittany Hagen, you know, I live in Minneapolis, da, 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 da. and then I would just turn the mic on and try to be as natural as possible and, and be conversational because. We, our listeners, I mean, and I know it sounds like I, I, well, I adore our listeners. So it's very, I, I do, it sounds like I suck up to them, but I just, I have so many interactions with them because I've been there for so long. Our listeners don't want that. They, yay. Hey, Brittany here. Don't forget to cut, you know, like they don't want that. They want authentic. You know, Minnesotans are known for that. They want, you know, people like Mark Wheat's great at that. People like, um, um, uh, Ray Eric, you know, things, uh, there, you know, and these names might need mean nothing to somebody or something to somebody, but I've always been told to try to be as natural as possible, which I'm lucky because if it would have been any other way, if they would have given me some cool person name, like, you know, Al Al in the morning, hey, you know, I would have never lasted because I, my tolerance. Is Brittany your real name? <laughs> yes, yes. Right. Good question. Um, I'd been hit by a car by now because someone would be like, Al Al. And I'd be like, that's not like, I don't know. Who are they talking? Oh, bam. Hit by a car. Um, 
So I've always been told, be you know, as natural as possible. Um, and Tom just hammers that in. Hey, Tom is really big on me slowing down. If you can tell, I can do like a mile a minute, and that's just. So he kind of coaches you along when you're there. Oh yeah, and but that I don't know if that's for everyone. I've just been really lucky where, um, and, and I know he does that for some people, but I. I'm so blessed, and I always, I always feel so blessed when anybody gives me criticism. is It's always awesome. Like my boss, Scott Jameson, uh, Mr. Lastman, you know, um, Bob Sansevier, um, and of course Tom Bernard. I mean, all of them have been in the business for so long. If they can give me anything, I just think, oh my god! Like they first off, they want me to stay here. That's a good sign. And also, like they're willing to be uncomfortable because it's never awesome to be like you're doing this bad. Fix this. They're willing to feel uncomfortable to try to make me better. And so he's been telling me lately, it's a big one is slowing down. So yeah, Walzer Automotive, that's, that's the commercial I know inside. Walzer Automotive, your one price low uh, dealership, your Twin Cities, no haggle, no hassle, no problem. Like, you know, I can spit those out really quick. Um, some of the day, your 350, you know, things like that. And it's like, oh my God, these people paid money to get their name out there. Like, I should try to read it like as if it was my own company. So now... I will be like, Walzer Automotive, you know, your Twin Cities, one low-priced dealer. And you just really want to just kind of make it sound different each time and, and be – and I can't take my eyes off the copy because, unfortunately, I know a lot of it by heart. Yeah. And so it's just those little things to kind of tweak. But I think and, – and sorry if I'm rambling, but I, I definitely want to mention that, you know, you were saying how this is – when you asked me to do this and we came over here, you said, I don't really have like a – like a, you know, a line of questions and it's, you know, very informal. Like, I don't know what other people want to listen to, but like, that's what I would like to listen to. Oh yeah. So I I think that, you know, and that's kind of what Tom has built his career on is being conversational. And I think if you can keep doing that, I, if I, I would expect your listeners already know that that's what you're about. And just keep staying the course, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I have a sheet of notes and stuff I want to make <laughs> sure I don't. I, for, I, I ask for sure. Yeah. Um, but basically, I'm just kind of reacting to what you're saying. Just yeah. Just kind of BSing back and forth. Yeah. And that's what I like, you know? Totally. Whole, this all started from listening to wrestling podcasts. <laughs> and they're great. And, these, and these, these guys can talk. And so they just oh. get together. And they just bullshit about wrestling stuff or whatever. And I just loved that non-interview style. And we were talking about when I came here, Tom Bernard is the same thing, that conversational style. I think that's why people like him so much, especially back in the day. I think that was very innovative, wasn't it? Oh, God. I mean, completely. The 90s for radio is embarrassing. Like, if you go back to the 90s and that was the time in radio that people started getting those... Those zany drops, like fart noise, you know, like boing, like that's where radio got completely, it was unlistenable. I mean, there were, there were moments that were funny, but for the most part, it was like hiding zero talent behind all this shenanigans. And I think that's why Tom kind of stayed, I mean, he shined through a, a lot of it is because He's not willing to do that. He's not willing. First off, he's not willing to take like the dumb joke just so he has the dumb joke. Like, oh, well, I'm hard too. High five, boing, you know. Yeah. And also, it's like those fake voices, all of that, um, you know. And, and what keeps coming to my mind is, and if you're a big Tom Bernard fan, I think I think you might get a kick out of this. Is listen to him interview somebody who you can tell had done a bunch of interviews that day, kind of had their walls up, like. 
Uh, today we had somebody in from, they were on the series MASH. I can't remember the actress's name. I heard the <gasps> Chucker thing of it. Yeah. Oh, that was, the, that was the guy later. Later on. But, but you could tell this woman had an agenda that was um, not for MASH. And, you know, I just always know because they're usually pushing something, but they use their, you know, their famous name to be able to, so she had this nonprofit for, for animals. And you know that she'd gone from station to station and they'd been like, oh, because her nickname was like Hot Lips on MASH and she like had to deal with that from station to station and her all of her walls were up and you can tell because it's like, yep, mm-hmm, oh, yeah. And like Tom will then go in like a very basic personal question like, and where did you grow up? And they'll say like, oh, I grew up in um, North, or let's say uh, California. We're in California, Sacramento. Oh, yeah, don't they have this in the, and he'll kind of like, get there or he'll talk this lady he talked about her dog like how's your dog doing in this weather oh and, and like she, her walls start coming down and you start getting an authentic interview yes and and i think that's so much better than remember that time on mash when you knew hot lips <laughs> hey woo, woo, you were a real looker you know so oh god yeah and it's one of those things i think if you've listened to tom bernard enough you can you can hear it and it's very interesting it makes it kind of adds another little fun layer to it um, yeah. So do you guys look at podcasts or, or XM radio or YouTube, like YouTube channels and stuff as competition for basic radio? You know, I guess if you were or to how ask- is radio nowadays, you know, live music is kind of down or whatever. How yeah. is radio doing? You know, until they have an easier access in the car, um, radio is always going to do well, unless it's completely one push button. People always go back to if, if they can't do it easily because, you know, when you're driving in your car, the last thing you want to do is fumble with a bunch of different things. Do you want to pay for a service? Do you want to this? I used to think that radio, you know, when I was first getting in it, which shows you how smart I am, that it had this timeline in it. And I don't think that's necessarily true because I think that even though it's hard to break through in radio, I think that it still has its place. Like, I think... People don't want to pay a monthly prescription or prescription subscription, and people want to get in their monthly (laughs) prescription. (laughs) I just hope it shows up. I'll pay double. Um, You know, I think people. I think I think radio has, and I wouldn't have said this ten years ago. It's got a way longer, or it's got a longer lifeline than TV does. For sure. Whoa. I know. Then basic Basic TV. TV. I don't... Besides, oh, for sure. Well, yeah, but you wouldn't think that of five or ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I barely have any friends that have a TV with normal channels on it. I don't. Yeah, you don't. I mean, and it's so weird to think because I, I remember when I was getting into TV and radio, they'd said, you should go towards TV. Um, and I, I couldn't do it. Like, I had no interest. And... um. I just thought to myself, maybe it'll tr- you know, turn into something else or I can just, oh, this is what I'll do, you know. And now I look back and I think, oh, my God, thank God. Like, local networks, I mean, they're getting murdered by Netflix and, and Hulu yeah. and things like that. And until every car, the thing is, no one, most people aren't going to be buying new cars. We've got still cars that are coming out with the only option is radio or CD or, oh, God. <laughs> my dog. We are still here at Brittany's beautiful home, Minneapolis. It's gorgeous day. And we are with our dogs, Copper, uh, Izzy, and Robot. And my dog, Copper, keeps coming up with these socks. <laughs> Makes me realize that, like, <laughs> I probably should clean the house more. Is with a real... 
They're the warm thing about socks, her, though. Yeah, she finds socks, but she finds what she's not supposed to have, <laughs> and then she'll bring it right to you. Yeah, that's kind of great. <laughs> At least you have her trained to do that. Yeah, she'll bring it right to you. Look what I found I'm not hey, supposed to yeah. have. Better than, like, secretly eating it in the corner. Oh, gosh. Um, So... When I was young, I was interested in the radio stuff as well, and I liked these old radio broadcasts, mm-hmm. old tapes and stuff, yeah, and like Orson Welles things. Yeah. Um, what made you want to get into the radio stuff? You know, I've always had a really bad self-image, but I knew that I always felt confident in what I can say and what I can bring to the table. I always loved talking. Like when I was, you know, Twitter paid with a boy, I loved having conversations on the phone because... Um, I always felt like that's kind of where I shine. I've always been really good at uh, the social butterfly with, you know, a lot of older siblings and stuff like that. Uh, it, it was brought up to me a lot of times to go do something, um, in those fields. And it came down to like, I know this sounds really dumb, especially cause it's, it's an odd thing to say. Like radio, you get to be the person you want to be without any other stuff. Like, I don't have to worry about what my hair looks like. I don't have to put on mascara. I don't have to worry. You know, you get rid of those things that, like, day-to-day is awesome. Like, I can show up there in pajamas and be as confident as I want to be. And something about that is just magical. And I love, personally, there's nothing better than talk radio. I, I will listen. I'm sure, I, I, your podcast, things like that. If I can put that in and the time flies by listening to people tell a story... All day, so, and who knows? Next year, I might be out of the job, and I might be full time boarding people's dogs in my house instead of stealing. But you know, for now, I'm 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 quite happy, and I I don't think a lot of people can say that about their jobs. Oh, I got a question. What? You ever? What made you decide to go into music? Oh, no choice at all. Really, no choice at um, all. Wanted to since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, my grandfather had a had a band called the Turtle Lakers. From Turtle Lake, Wisconsin. He played an accordion and singer and... uh, I looked up to him, and then the other side of my family had were for, had a bunch of bar bands and whatever, and I just always was drawn to it. My mother had me doing like piano lessons and band stuff. In fact, I saw my first piano teacher when I was like in first grade at a breakfast shop yesterday. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. I sat next to him like, oh, how's it going, Lemoyne and Mary Ellen McLaughlin, whatever. So, but I just was into it, and and. Uh, then I got older and got into the whole guitar stuff and just loved music and whatever and and uh, it's never been a choice. I've always I like I went to college to be an art teacher and graduated with that and mm-hmm. then I worked as a teacher, worked in an insurance company, all yeah. the stuff and then all my all, all I've ever focused on was was music and then. Are so. there are there days where you say to yourself, "This isn't worth it"? No way. No. No. No way. Um, I think about it, you know, as I get older and stuff like, oh my God, am I gonna be able to do this when I'm like yeah. 65 or like, it's a, it's a struggle. You know, I've done this full time for like 11, 12 years. I was doing a lot of Nashville stuff for years yeah. and that fizzled out. So I started this podcast thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, like you just said, kind of summed it up. Like you're like, oh, maybe next year I won't even have a job in this. Yeah. I'll be boarding dogs. I feel that way all the time. Yeah. I look at my schedule. Okay. I got another six months of work or whatever. And, and maybe I'll go. I'll be boarding dogs. Yeah. Or maybe I'll become a dog teacher or something. 
And and do you think that, and this is a big part of me, is I've always had a big safety net. Not not like a big money safety net, but my family has always made it very clear. I can always move back in with them in Woodbury. I can always, they always have my back. And, and because of that, I've been able to be, you know, I by no means is KQ, like me being the traffic girl on KQ, like it's some people's dream, but that that that's kind of been what I wanted. And so I've been able to swing for my version of the fences, you know? Yeah. Do you think... That has something to do with your success. Absolutely. Uh, I'm very close with my entire family. And like I said, I just drove in this morning listening to you because I go home every week, at least every two, every two weeks, to assist with like my grandma and, yeah. my, and my parents and all that kind of stuff. And so I think that that grounded home base does yeah. help a ton mm-hmm. and this being they're supportive and whatever and come yeah. to shows whenever they can and and uh when i was young i think kind of making me do a lot of the music stuff and mm-hmm. kind of guiding me through all that let me kind of take my own journey with that yeah um help for sure so yeah interesting what, stuff um to you in minnesota like you you are definitely and i, I hope that your listeners know this i mean i'm sure you've never said it but You've accomplished for especially small town Minnesota a huge success in being full time musician. I mean that's a huge success, and and you'll probably be like, no, you know. But compared to a lot of people who can't rely on that income based only on their music, I mean that's a pretty big deal. Um, do you find yourself like, would you contribute that fact to being a good like marketer of yourself, or do you think that like you've just acquired these uh continuous gigs i mean what would you what would you give advice to somebody that wants something like that um thank you for saying those nice things too, <laughs> you're by very the way. welcome we're all musicians and we're just kind of complaining about everything no i mean but, i uh, <laughs> you know and, and, and i will know you know my my boyfriend works at first avenue so i know that that's why i know that i mean i i know that what how hard it is to do what you've done is insane um, I I really appreciate that, and this is I think this is year eleven or twelve going full time doing the music stuff. Um, last episode I had on a guy named Tim Siegler. He's a real popular yeah. country guy around here, and yeah. and we were talking about that. And you have to kind of run it like a business, I guess. But I don't think very well that way. Marketing, I think I'm terrible at. It. <laughs> Besides, like Facebook, I like you know making posters and stuff. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is real basic, like being on time and like not being like a diva completely or not being a, a drunken musician. Yeah. And, uh, a big thing for us is like socializing. We generally talk to everybody in the audience. And when I thought I was the next Ryan Adams, I didn't do that. Shit. Yeah. You know, you kind of act like the artsy fartsy guy. Then you gotta, you know, I quit believing to press, you know, you gotta, yeah. start, you gotta <laughs> I, I was like, uh, I played a show in my other family's area, Chippewa Falls. Yeah. And I go to my cousin who used to own a bar and, in Chippewa, Chippewa Falls, and I said, yeah, I always make sure I talk to everybody and say hi to everybody, even if I don't know him. He goes, it sounds like a goddamn politician. <laughs> and you got, I mean, the thing is, I think, honestly, and if anybody's, I just think it's so important, if anyone's listening who's in the music career or any any career, you have to be nice. I mean, in general, you should be nice to anyone, but literally, a hostess, you might be mean to a hostess who eventually becomes a manager, and they won't hire you anymore. I've had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, I think that that is something I kind of, I think it's very important that literally, especially when you're selling yourself, I'm selling myself. Um, luckily enough, I, I don't have to do so much anymore. I can be like, I'm with KQ. And people are like, my grandpa loves KQ. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> can I eat at your house? Like I can kind of ride on that. 
But um, you are selling yourself. And I think that it would be hard to imagine you being mean to somebody, but everybody has those days. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's re- that's it's a very interesting concept that a simplistic rule of just you have to be respectful and awesome to everybody. Yeah, I think it's small rules or small stuff that that would help out a lot of people. A lot of things is just an an unquenchable thirst for learning more about music and being better at performing, better at speaking in front of people. Mm-hmm. That's helped a lot. Oh, I bet. Um, you talk about the slowing down thing. Oh yeah. I like the wrestling stuff, and I got into it just so I could hear these guys talk. <laughs> yes. You can sit at the Target Center and you can understand everything they're saying. Completely, and you've um, got people the quickest reactions and, and names and things yeah. like that. A lot of the stuff is is uh, adapting with the times. You know, it's. Uh, the big band stuff isn't as big as it used to be, so now mm-hmm. it's more like mid-sized rooms and and then watching your volume and and constantly learning new stuff and and uh, getting better at your instrument and and just your overall present because this is my life. Yeah, I know. So and I and I want to always want to get better at it, the harmonica or whatever. Are you still learning new instruments? No, I just I want to I want to be really really good harmonica player and a really really good uh, guitar player. Yeah. So that's what I really study. I don't I'm not in any other instruments I don't think. Okay, and I've more questions if that's okay. Oh, I don't care. Sure. Okay, I've never, cool. Yeah, I've never been in, yeah, all right. <laughs> that's the thing like I okay, my boyfriend doesn't like taking me anywhere when it comes to like interesting because I want to know so many weird little things and I, I'm enthralled with it so I got to uh, watch you play over in uh, the North Loop and you had like about 10 different harmonicas maybe more why is each one a different key yeah I have them right they're sitting right there but um I always have 14 on me <laughs> god there's 12 I can, different... I forgot my phone the other day. Like, I don't know if I could have 14 different elements of anything. Well, it's all the same thing. It's just... No. It's each, uh, each song, when you have a different song, has a different key to it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know, like uh, Sweet Home Alabama's in the key of D. You of course, know? everyone knows that. Well, whatever. But yeah, so you have to... A harmonica, when you have these little 10-hole uh, uh, harmonicas, diatonic harmonicas... Mm-hmm. They have to play in that key or whatever I do anyway, and so that's why. I ha- so if you have songs in all kinds of different keys, like I do, I'm playing these cheesy '80s songs, cheesy '70s songs. I like, and I want to add some harp stuff to it. I have to have the right notes to fit that song. So that's why I have so many of them. Okay, I've got more questions. If that's okay. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, sure. When it comes to the harmonicas, is there a level where they're crap and above, or is there pretty much a middle line? And that's why a lot of times you'll see it kind of like. In, in, in that old fashioned, like someone will pull it out of their pocket, or is there an actual huge difference in in price points with harmonicas in quality? Oh yeah, um, mine are. My dad and I fixed my A harp last night because uh, they're like fifty bucks a piece. I I believe they're shiny. So, yeah, what are they made out of? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> How dare you? I don't know not much know about that. any of that. So I just play them. But um, yeah, they're fifty bucks a piece. And uh, the ones I use, I use uh, Honer Special 20s because mm-hmm. I got to go for the podcast. I went down to Chicago and I got to interview, in my opinion, the greatest harmonica player in the world, a blues harmonica player named Sugar Blue. I agree. And, uh, 
Because uh, he, you know, working at KQR's, the song uh, "Miss You" by the Stones. Yep. Dana, Dana. That's him playing all the harmonica oh, stuff with him. So I got to sit with him for an afternoon, kind of like this, and jam mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's what he plays. And so I literally sold the guitar to switch all over oh to uh, to us uh, Horner Special Twenties. And so, and are you talking? Yeah. So there's it, different price points. What's the life li- or what's the life like? How long do they last? Until you blow them out. I just blew one out last week. Um, few months maybe what does that mean when you blow it out like does like there's reeds inside them mm-hmm. so you'll like uh are the reeds in wood yeah uh, yes okay no I, yeah the reeds are metal actually they're metal okay yes and they have some harmonicas have a wood comb mm-hmm. and i switched to a plastic comb it seemed to last a little longer okay and um i like a lot of that fast stuff yeah so um it seems to have good reaction, whatever to that. Another question, if you don't mind. No, this is funny. <laughs> so, like, okay, this sounds really, it's going to be really stupid to people that know harmonica, but do you have to use your tongue to make sure that it goes in exactly the right hole? Yeah, should I show you? Yeah, of course you should. <laughs> of course you should. This is <laughs> He's pulling out his harmonica if you're at home, and that is not a euphemism. <laughs> okay. So okay. this is a... What key? That's so This harmonica is a Honer Special 20 in the key of D. If good so that'd be sweet, sweet Home Alabama. Alabama. Everybody knows so it's two Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, so there's two different styles of like harmonica playing um, in my what I do anyway. Mm-hmm. And one's like the kind of Bob Dylan, Neil Young kind of stuff where you're just kind of like little kid at Christmas, you blow in and out. As hard stuff. as you can, yeah. And you can hit, you're hitting a bunch of them at the same time, yeah, right? Or yeah, that's all, that's called blowing in. That's, uh-huh. uh, um, that's what they generally are used for. You just, yeah. like, you want a D, so, you know, that's a D chord or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what I use these old blues guys, I like a lot of blues stuff. So, um, what they do is, uh, they do all draw notes. If you bring, so you breathe, breathe in. in, so I'm not blowing out. Whoa. So it's all breathing in. I wonder if in. that makes you a good swimmer then. I don't know. I wonder if your lung capacity Sugar Blue quit super... smoking like four days for I met him. I don't smoke. So it's like... We're, you're going to have to go swim. We're going to have to put you underwater. Yeah. I bet you your lung capacity is epic because you're stretching that out so much. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. But so then I sw- I got so obsessed with um, with blues harmonica that um, I went from this blowing style a tongue blocking style like these old blues guys do so you just use your tongue completely you make like no. a, a circle with your tongue no that's no, no you're slapping it with the with your meteor tongue and you're drawing off the side of your mouth so, so you're your hiding some all. of the holes yeah you're and seal, you're sealing holes with your tongue and then you're drawing or whatever oh and then God, use your weird. throat for all the different stuff so just throat that's so weird lungs and you tongue. know that that's like so weird it is weird. And, and so um, it took me forever to learn how to do that. How long? A year or two. Oh, and, and that, you, that was like everyday practice. Mm-hmm. Constantly. Like I'd go for walks and stuff and just bring a harmonica and practice. That's all you I You were that guy in the neighborhood? I was that guy, yeah. And then, uh, uh, but so the blues guys all do this draw notes. So, so tongue blocking, draw in stuff is what I'm really into, like the bluesy stuff. That's insane. So, I mean, I can't even imagine... Like blowing out and, and hitting that like, and okay. So here's another question: If you're off a little bit, is it such a similar note that a lot of times people don't notice? Yeah, because there's only ten holes here, and yeah. the main yeah. And so you wouldn't really notice if you're doing kind of the basic stuff, or like if you play enough, you hit kind of a goofy note. You can just find somewhere else to get out of it. Okay, and that's kind of where you get into the 
hours and hours and hours of performance yeah. is, is sometimes just knowing how to get out of a bad moment. Yep. So, like, I literally, like, learn new riffs, like, every week. So, like, I, I'll take my favorite, like I said, my favorite player is Sugar Blue. And so I'll I'll learn one of his, like, uh, I'll hear, like, a line that he does. Like, uh, here's one I just learned this week. So. Just said that. And it's kind of, it's odd to do. Mark. When do you find time for mass watching Netflix? That's my real question, because that's insane. I mean, that's you a do lot. You the same time. I mean, yeah, I just finished The Crown on Netflix. That was excellent. was it good? Oh, I, I couldn't get it. into it. I was sort of watching the first couple episodes, but it was also Slow, yeah. It was okay. So would I give it another go? I would. Okay, that's crazy. I mean, honestly, when I think about learning that much stuff, a, a riff a week. And then re- like retaining it and using it. I don't know if I'm just getting dumber and dumber or lazier and lazier, but I'm like, that sounds insane to me. It's you're obsessed with it. Yeah. You know, it's you kind of have an addictive an personality. Would you? Oh, yeah. That? Yeah. Like, I do especially as well. with this. Like, yeah. that's like I'm obsessed with it. And if I don't have one on me, I just feel goofy. And <laughs> and so I then it's but incorporating that little riff yeah. into a song and how you would do it and whatever is part of the whole whole deal as well. Can I ask more questions? Yeah, why okay. not? Okay. And you can tell me if you have to go or whatever. No, no. If, I want to do one more. We'll do one, one more little episode about just music in general. Perfect. KQ music. But um, this is fine. Okay, cool. Uh, I want to know, um, are you still, I know you, when I saw you, you were doing covers and, you know, it was at that benefit. Are you doing covers? Are you writing your own music or what, what, what do you, what's, do you write your own music still? Yeah. Yeah. Because that um, riff was something you just made up. Or you wanted to oh, learn. That, just, that was just improvising. Yeah, just and you, you want to, and let's say you made that and you think, I love that. So you want to put that in a song. I did do that. Maybe we'll do that for a story behind the song segment. I did a, I did do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote, I, there was this blues harmonica riff I was learning by Big Walter Horton. <laughs> Called uh, Big Walter Shuffle. Of course like it that. is. Yeah, beat of course. Shuffle. And so I was practicing the riff over and over because you got to really draw on a bunch of notes. And as I first got coppers for driving around the car and whatever. And so I'm like that same thing. I'm like, oh, I like this lick, and so I'm gonna make a song out of it. Yeah. And so I did, and I called it Copper Bell. It's actually the intro of this podcast. Oh, cool. So I called it Copper Bell, whatever. Um, name it after dog. Yeah, of course. Um, but yes, I do write songs. Not as much as I used to. I have like six seven albums out mm-hmm. and um i was the arty, artsy fartsy songwriter guy the ryan adams thing for many years yeah. and then i did uh i uh, got in with nashville with some folks with my uncle who used to work with tom back yeah. in the day and uh so i did nashville thing for like 10 years i worked for a publishing company and they signed let me like seven of my songs to pitch around with all the, wow. the big acts down there and then uh did ever did any of the songs they grab onto no. But you still got the money for it, right? No. Oh. It was single song contracts. I don't know contracts. how it works, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you sign a contract, then they take it, and they, they pitch it to all the all the big uh, country artists, whoever wants to it. God, they sure fuck over musicians. <laughs> like, oh, I know. we're not going to give you any money until we get money. I don't care oh. if you keep... I mean, that's insane. I mean, that's the only... that's like that's a, That industry is just ran... For it's 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 bad. That's bad. Like they should at least joke. give you like a finder's fee for you know like in the contract they're supposed to pay me a dollar. 
For the, and they didn't even do that. <laughs> didn't even give you a goddamn <laughs> pop. Oh, no. Like, oh, my God. No, like one, one guy I saw on Facebook said, oh, I, went to, I took, a, I took a, a spaceship to 100 years from now, and I came back, and don't worry, guys, musicians are still making 100 bucks a gig. <laughs> don't worry. That's so funny. <laughs> it's so fucked. <laughs> but anywho, um, yeah, that's my story. Yeah, and I could ask you probably a million questions because it's all to me so foreign. I mean, um, people think I, like, I have a, sh- a gig every, a, a gig. I mean, I go into work every morning. At, I get there by 5 a.m., and I'm done at 10 a.m. And if it was flipped where I do night stuff and don't know, like, you know, I mean, I guess I know that, like, that schedule is going to be that way until I get fired for, you know, saying something ridiculous on air, or, you know, letting my dog howl in the microphone. But I kind of bank on that reliability. So to me, you're a weird animal. Like, and the fact that you are night, oh God, like that's going out at night and, and, and getting done at like 2 a.m. because you're hanging out with people like, I literally look at you like a foreign animal and like, that's why I want to ask you, why do you get all these things? And so I think it's so cool. But at the same time, you're insane. You've lost it. I got out of that stuff a long time ago, though, that nights, late night stuff. Yeah. So I'm done early. I, I got sick of that for the yeah. drunk people late at night. That was, uh, I got out of, that, out of that pretty much. There's no money in that for me. Really? You know, I like more like evening stuff. You know, done at 10 or done at 11. You know, that's when people go out. But I think you know? you're not giving yourself credit because I think you would do it if that was your only option. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still a weirdo to me. Oh, well. Okay, well, should we wrap? That's Perfect. That's probably enough about me. Well, uh, please stick around next week for part three. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. This is a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on the show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. <laughs>